Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Chatter. This week, we're joined by Rebecca King, who is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and is passionate about helping adults who struggle with binge eating, chronic dieting, and body image issues to find food food freedom and improve their self-esteem. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you for having me, Alex. I'm super excited to be here. It's fascinating because it's quite a niche industry to get into uh, yeah. dietitian nutrition as, as as it is but then to also throw in the ADHD niche so I guess my first question is if we sort of zoom out and is, was there anything that happened in your life that led you towards the path of becoming an ADHD dietitian nutritionist I think I, I when I decided to become a dietitian I don't think ADHD was even like part of, I would say it definitely wasn't like anything I considered as part of like doing like who I would want to work with or anything like that. Um, but my, my complicated relationship with food kind of, I kind of swung from anorexia to binge eating. And for me, that weird relationship I always had with food, I was like, I think I want to go into nutrition. Like I took a class with a, I was in nursing school actually. I knew I wanted to help people in some capacity, I guess. And I took a nutrition class in my nursing program and I loved it. And then I met with the professor who was a dietitian and kind of like asked her about what she did. And I, of course, like my GPA, because we had like two divisions in our nursing program and my GPA was like 0.04 something like off to get into the second part of the program. Like I missed the, like they did like X amount of students and then they cut you off. And so I was just like, I was like 13 spots away from getting in. And I was like, hmm, this lady was a dietitian. So I went and chatted with her and I was like, wait, if I'm a dietitian, I don't have to work holidays. Like you don't really work holidays. You don't work night shifts. Like if you're in a hospital setting and it was just like, oh, this seems like a little bit better of a fit. I definitely had not worked through all my food issues at the time in my undergrad, but it kind of like led me down that, that path. Um, and then it wasn't until I started 
deciding I wanted to have my own practice and kind of working with my, one of my really good friends. And then thinking about my own relationship with food where I was like, there's this whole ADHD component that nobody's talking about with eating of like, especially being medicated, not eating all day, and then just being ravenous and binging when your meds wear off. And I was like, no one's talking about this. And at the time, back in 2020, like most nutrition resources were for kids, like the very like, eat this, not that, or like how to feed a kid who's on stimulants and things like that. And it was just, I was like, what happens when all of us become adults and then we have to feed ourselves and you know, all the executive function that goes into preparing food. And I was like, there's just no resources that are geared towards adults with, with food and ADHD. So. What point did you find out that you had ADHD yourself? Yeah, definitely had some like little moments along the way in life where I was like, I think I might have ADHD, but it wasn't until my sophomore year of college when I was um, 19 that I was, I started like bringing it up with my therapist and kind of going through all the evaluation process and all of that. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I did like, I feel like like a lot of women, I did pretty well in school when I was, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, I did pretty well. My mom kept me in sports. So I was always busy and doing things. And then once I got to college and like that whole routine <laughs> that was built for me and that structure was gone and I just couldn't function and do things and everything felt like I had to work 10 times harder than everyone else around me to just do the bare minimum. And my freshman year was really rough. <laughs> I'm glad I made it through. Um, but it was then once I brought up my sophomore year, like it was like, okay, yeah, this is, this makes a lot of sense, but I never really connected it to like a lot of things other than school either. So. Do you think ADHD played a part in your eating habits when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. So my, Junior year of high school, I moved from um, Georgia to North Carolina. And I remember my in that process of moving, I was like, I can't control anything in my life, but I can control food. And so that's kind of how I just kind of got hyper fixated on eating as like healthy as possible and ended up engaging in very disordered eating behaviors. But it just felt like the one thing that I could control. And looking back, I'm like, oh, your brain was really chaotic. <laughs> and this gave <laughs> you an outlet for everything. And moving obviously can be a lot too. But um, looking back, I'm like, oh, that should have been like a sign. It was definitely one sign. And I've seen that from other people where they felt like things were so out of control from other women that um, that they would just, they hyper fixated on food. And so I was like, hmm, interesting. It's interesting because I think of my own journey with food and the emotional dysregulation that I think plays a part in my eating habits sometimes. Yeah. And and you're 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 nodding when I say the word emotional dysregulation. <laughs> I think, you, you know exactly exactly what I mean. And how big a part do you think that does emotional dysregulation play in in someone's eating habits if they struggle with it? I think a big part and I think I work with a lot of people, a lot of ADHDers who, you know, would describe themselves as emotional eaters. And I think a lot of that does stem from emotional dysregulation and that, and that's not always like it's more acknowledged now, but I think we didn't, weren't as aware of how much emotional dysregulation played a part of ADHD. So I think there's a lot of people who didn't really kind of put those two things together. So it's like, yeah, I'm just an emotional eater and they kind of put it in this other category, but don't really understand like, oh, that 
is because I'm trying to regulate my emotions as someone who has ADHD and food is a way to, is one way that we can do that, that is accessible. It's tasty, you know, and it's something we can unfortunately end up relying on a little bit more. You alluded to earlier, you mentioned that you had a, you had a, a, a quite a severe episode with problem eating. At yeah. the time, did you know that the ADHD was perhaps the reason behind that? No, I really didn't connect. Like, I definitely think I have the ADHD and then like just wanting to exist in this, a very thin body and all of like the diet culture stuff. Definitely not immune to that as an ADHD. So that definitely played a part, but also didn't really realize that there was things with ADHD. Even looking back on like my childhood, like eating for stimulation, I was a kid who always had snacks. I had very specific snacks for different classes so that I could pay attention. And I was very good at making or gum. And I was very good at being able to sneak it so I couldn't get in trouble or things like that. Um, Cause you know, sometimes they don't let you eat in class or let you chew gum in class. And I'd be like, I have to do this or I can't sit still. Um, so I definitely like, there's things along the way that kind of made me realize it where I'd come home from school and definitely be very emotionally dysregulated and eat like a massive bowl of ice cream pretty much like every day through middle school and high school um, and things like that. So definitely looking back now, I can see see those places, but I never really connected it with, with ADHD. Thanks for sharing that, by the way. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's so helpful because I think a lot of people will relate to what you said. And it's interesting, you say eating for stimulation because it's, it's something that, it's a phrase that, I've never put the two and two together before, but actually it makes total sense because you, yeah. I sometimes eat. I'm eating because I want to get some kind of pleasure reward, yeah. sensation, some kind of, maybe I'm just bored. Yeah. So the, when you say eating for stimulation, is that kind of what you mean? And do you have any other examples of how that can sometimes show its face? Yeah. Yeah. Studying is a good one or like while you're doing work and like, let's say you have a really boring like a spreadsheet or something you have to fill out and you're like, you know what? I'm going to grab a bag of chips or whatever. So I can like munch and work kind of thing. TV is another really good one where like it's often not stimulating enough for ADHD brands to just sit and watch TV. So then, you know, grabbing a snack so you can actually be able to sit down and do that. And then you might also get a little conditioned to that. Like when I sit down to watch my shows, I have to have my snacks. Um, but definitely, um, that would be something sometimes like procrastinate eating. I think that can also be kind of like a way to initiate a task I've seen with some of my clients who are like, I need to have this snack or this thing before I can kind of start. So almost like giving your brain that executive fuel kind of to get you going. You know, I can sit in, in the, in front of the TV in the evenings and I'm not hungry. I don't yeah. need really to put anything inside my body, but I'm, I'm yearning for an ice lolly or I'm yearning for a bag of crisps and I think about yeah. why that is and actually I think it's just to give me something to do because the tv isn't giving me enough yeah yeah exactly yeah like I keep I usually keep fidgets around when I'm watching tv or things because I'm like I know that I'm not hungry like if I've just had dinner and I'm sitting down to watch tv like definitely not hungry I just ate and I'll sit down and be like you know I'm going to grab this fidget because it's going to occupy my hands. And then if, if I'm still like, if I realize an hour later, I'm still hungry, like I'll go have a snack or something. But if it usually just putting something in my hands is enough to like help me actually be able to sit down and 
and be able to watch my shows, with, especially with my partner who would be like, can you please just sit down and watch the show and stop getting up? And that helps me kind of actually be able to, to do that. <laughs> the simple suggestion of just having a fidget toy is such a good one. And it's something I'd never yeah. even thought of before. Something that would just perhaps save you from putting something that perhaps isn't healthy or, you know, necessary, like a sugary ice lolly. Um, yeah. I can have three whilst I watch a film and you know that's probably way too much sugar for one sitting <laughs> but with the like is there any other things you could recommend or from your experience yeah. that perhaps similar to a fidget toy but something else that might give you that stimulation rather than yeah. reaching for a bag of crisps say some of my clients like crocheting or knitting when I was in high school I used to make friendship bracelets while I watched tv um I'm trying to think about other things people do like puzzles like if you do like to do puzzles like things that are just kind of like help keep you engaged a little bit, even like, um, for some people like going in, like if you do have like a treadmill or something, putting your show on and watching it in front of that. So you're getting some movement in, which is obviously going to be a good way to get some stimulation. So those would be a couple of things that I could think of. I've seen people use like little like balancing sort of things, um, or something like that. So they're kind of doing something else, um, while they're watching a show. Cause I know it's kind of thinking about like what you can do alongside something else so you can actually be able to pay attention to what the other thing that you're trying to. That's really good advice. And I think I'm going to reach for that. You know, those big like inflatable gimbals you can get. Yeah. Where you kind of just sit on them. They're quite squidgy. Like I've, for example, I've got one in, in my flat and I could maybe just try and do some exercises or just try and sit on that sit instead on of. Yeah. I used to do that when I was a kid. Now that you mentioned that, I used to, my mom and her our little like playroom workout room. She had an exercise ball, and I would, mm. I could probably sit on that or play with that for hours. <laughs> <laughs> There's a phrase that I've seen on your socials quite a few times, and it's called intuitive eating. Yes. And could you explain what you mean by intuitive eating? Yeah, it is. It's basically, it's a self-care framework around eating. So it's, it's a non-diet approach to nutrition. So that might be where it's different from things like the normal diets and things that people do where there aren't a lot of hard, fast rules around what you can and can't eat or like using a lot of like external tools to track and like measure, you know, measuring, weighing, doing all of that with your food um, and kind of learning how to use our hunger and our fullness as a guide and also kind of looking at our emotional relationship with food as well. And kind of, you know, acknowledging that like food probably isn't going to fix, fix our problems or, you know, help us actually, it might provide a bandaid kind of some temporary relief for things. Um, but being able to actually be like, okay, food is not, it's probably going to cause more harm than good in terms of like emotionally eating. So can I have other tools just like when I talk about eating for stimulation, I kind of put that in the same area as emotional eating of like, what other tools can I use so that, you know, food can be a part of that, but it's not the only thing I go to if I'm feeling lonely or I'm stressed out or whatever it is of having more tools there. So it's kind of being able to make more intentional food choices. And I know intuitive eating often sounds crazy to people because they're like, if I can just eat whatever I want, whenever I want, I'll eat cake and cookies and all of the things, but it's using how foods feel in our body to drive our food choices versus just 
um, listening to like some sort of external diet thing. Not so that it disregards nutrition because it does definitely does not regard disregard nutrition, but just kind of, I usually explain to my clients is like removing the should with eating and figuring out what works best for you. Because I think especially for ADHD or sometimes the traditional nutrition advice often just doesn't quite work or isn't a sustainable approach. Like a lot of times in the U.S., everyone will be like, hey, meal prep on Sundays and you're good to go. And my clients are like, I, A, don't want to spend six hours in my house, you know, meal prepping. And B, by Tuesday, I'm bored of that food or it gives me, you know, the sensory ick and I don't want to touch it anymore. So like that strategy doesn't work. But thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of went on a tangent, but. No, no, it's fascinating, and um, <laughs> I, yeah, I can. You know, it's a hard relate for me, and and I, I can. I think I can listen to my body and and kind of understand what it wants. Yeah. Um, I, I can sometimes fall into the trap of really liking a particular food and then almost obsessing over that particular food, yeah. and then and then a week later, I'm like, yuck, I've had that too much. <laughs> Don't want that anymore. Yes. <laughs> I guess that's perhaps. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that's a sensory issue ultimately, but I guess I wake up in the morning and I'm not immediately hungry. And I don't know if, should you, I mean, I guess everyone's different, but would you recommend that you should try and force yourself to eat something in the morning? Usually within like an hour or two of waking, like you're not like immediately hungry. That's totally fine. Like I get up and do a few like, kind of have a few things that I do first and that kind of helps wrap up my appetite a little bit. Um, and then I have breakfast. Um, but especially if you're someone who finds that you binge eat, especially in the evenings, breakfast is really important. And for ADHD brains, like ideally a high protein breakfast is something that's really helpful for kind of giving our brains some, some of that executive fuel there. So I think what I'm a bit of a sucker for is I'll have, I wake up and I'll wait up maybe half an hour and then I'll have a coffee. Yeah. Um, and then I'll have another coffee. And then an hour later, I'll have another coffee. And that really suppresses my appetite. Yeah. Um, and I often won't eat until three, four o'clock. Um, and then I'll have another coffee. And then I won't eat until about seven o'clock at night. And then I almost feel like I have to catch up. And I'll just eat loads and loads and loads in one sitting. And then two hours later, I'll feel like, well, that was lunch. And now I need to have dinner. It's 10 o'clock at night. So I end up eating like what I think is a good idea to just get loads, my whole calorie count for the day, but in over like three hours. So I guess my question is, is that something that's common, do you think, within the community? And is that healthy? That is probably... The most common like thing that I see, especially with my clients, is is that kind of eating pattern of not really eating much during the day and then eating a lot more in the evening. My answer for is it healthy or not would probably be it depends um, on the person. Um, a lot of times, you know, eating a lot in terms of like if we're eating the majority of our calories in the evening, like not just calories, but we're eating, let's say carbs and things like that. If we're just eating those and then we're going to bed, like our body isn't getting to utilize the glucose we're getting from those carbs. Like we would during the day, even just using our brains uses glucose, doing all, you know, 
typing and doing little things that doesn't seem like a lot, but our body's using up that energy versus it's just kind of sitting in our bodies. And that can be not healthy, especially if you have a history of diabetes in your family and things like that, you know, making sure we're actually utilizing the energy we're getting from the carbs and things that we eat is kind of important. So like, um, trying to shift the pattern a little bit can be really helpful, especially, or the other piece could be reflux potentially if you have any, um, if you eat too late and then like lay down afterwards, sometimes that can upset um, your stomach. So if you're someone who has like GERD or acid reflux, um, and you are someone who eats a lot in the evening time, something to, to consider and reflect on. So if someone's listening and they related to what I, what I said about my eating habits and they were hoping to try and eat a bit more consistently and yeah. sporadically throughout the day rather than load in the evenings. Do you have any advice for someone who maybe wants to eat a little bit more consistently throughout yeah. the day? I will usually tell people to start small, like something is better than nothing. So like if you aren't hungry, maybe opt for more of a snack than a, a meal during the day. And if the kind of blood sugar wise, which can be helpful with energy and things like that, like eating every three to four hours can be helpful. So even if it's something small to start off with, once you kind of get your body acclimated to eating a little bit more regularly, your body starts to kind of get primed to expect food. Like when I had a much more normal schedule than I don't, my schedule fluctuates a lot more, but when I was working in more of like a clinical setting, like when it got to be around like 10 o'clock, I knew when it was time for my morning snack because I had just gotten actually pretty consistent because my job had a schedule for me that I, my body would kind of know when it was around 10 o'clock and I'd be like, I'm really hungry. And sure enough, I'd look at my, my watch and it would be time, you know, to go have my snack. So it takes, sometimes we're not acting on our hunger cues too. Um, they can kind of go away or get a little bit muted because your body's just like, Hey, you're sending me this message. You're not doing anything with it. So I'm just going to stop sending you the message. Um, and then you add stimulants into that mix too, for some people. And that, you know, obviously makes it a lot easier to eat more inconsistently throughout the day. Cause I'll have people share about like that. I call it the ADHD binge restrict cycle when you're not eating all day and then kind of binging or overeating at night. And they'll be like, you know, I'm not on medication and I do that. And I'm like, yeah, you could totally be doing this without meds. Meds just make it a lot, especially stimulants, make it a lot easier for your appetite to be suppressed. So it's a lot easier to just be like, yeah, I don't really feel hungry, so I don't need to eat. Versus if you're not medicated, you might have some of those hunger cues be a little bit more more obvious. So I, I never knew there was a name for it. And the, <laughs> what you, the binge restrict cycle or the yeah. restrict binge cycle. I mean, it, it, it perfectly explains a lot of my eating history and yeah. I like I said I wake up I have coffee and I don't medicate for my ADHD so but I I guess the caffeine obviously is a stimulant so it probably has yeah. a similar effect to people that do medicate and it kind of suppresses their appetite yeah and then it wears off and then you just go hellbent and yeah. you almost feel like you need to catch up so yeah. no it's super interesting binge repeat so I guess the binge eating so you're catching up in the evening yeah. Um, and you kind of feel like you need to get in a lot of nutrition that you your sort of daily allowance. And mm. I, I I have a little sort of multivitamin that 
yeah uh, kind of makes me feel a little bit better i don't really know whether they're as good as you know i, I know i should probably be actually eating the real fruit and the real vegetable. <laughs> i do i do try and get some of that in but you know yeah. in my head it makes me feel a bit better is there any and i and i'm not expecting there to be a magic pill or a solution but is there any just supplementations or any vitamins that really could be beneficial to someone who does struggle to maybe get in all of their sort of requirements yeah yeah i would say that's when a multivitamin is kind of recommended and for maybe people who don't have adhd and don't struggle with maybe have any eating challenges like as a dietitian we're generally like yeah food is the more ideal way to get your nutrients in but if there's reasons that you aren't getting those things in like a multivitamin is really helpful for for folks, if, if you are, let's say you are maybe someone who has a lot of sensory issues, so fruits and vegetables are really unappealing to you, so you're not getting in enough of those, you know, a multivitamin would be probably a really good choice for you because you're going to miss out on some of those micronutrients. So yeah, I think if you do struggle with it, that is something to consider, if, especially for someone who's like, hey, I am under eating or I don't get in a lot of variety in my food, like in my eating pattern and things like that, you know. It could be helpful to consider, or if you do go to like your doctor and they do your blood work and you might have some, some sort of micronutrient deficiencies, then addressing those can be obviously important through supplements or food. If that is something that's doable for you, because sometimes with, if you struggle with executive dysfunction around cooking and all of that, you might struggle to get in a lot of, you might not get in all of the healthful foods that you might need. So the executive dysfunction is fascinating to me and it's something that I think has always played a part in my struggle with maintaining a consistent and balanced diet like I I can go into a supermarket and just almost get decision paralysis and not almost get too overwhelmed and end up either just grabbing a ready meal or coming home and ordering a takeout and I'm sure that it's that kind of executive dysfunction that's kicked in when I'm in that supermarket and I've just gone, I have absolutely no, I I can't think. It's like a paralysis of thought in my head and there's just so much going on that I I just have to remove myself from the situation as fast as possible. So It's like the lights, the people, the choices, like there's just so many things going on. That's like the last place you want to be a lot of times is in a grocery store, especially if you're hungry and you're like, I need to get food. I'm going to go to the store and you're going to get very overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, I've had clients be like, yeah, I'm halfway through the store. I'm too overwhelmed and I'm just going to leave my, like I've left the cart and just walked out the store because I couldn't finish. Finish and I was too overwhelmed. And like you said, <laughs> like I'll just order some food instead. <laughs> it's definitely just the- it's, I mean, for me, it's not just supermarket, you know, if I'm just on Netflix or whatever, whenever I'm presented with a choice, often my Too brain many shuts choices. down. Yeah. <laughs> and my default is to just go with the thing I know, which so often is just pasta and tomato sauce. And yeah. So I'm aware that, and, I, and I, I'm pretty sure that is my ADHD, which is causing that. So, and I know that that's probably not healthy in the long run to have pasta and tomato sauce every day but it's kind of my go-to when I'm feeling overwhelmed yeah so I guess is there any kind of like advice for someone like me in that situation who knows that their their sort of go-to when they're overwhelmed is not necessarily a good choice to, to sustain over a long period of time but doesn't have who struggles to make a plan to vary their diet yeah I think I take kind of with intuitive eating and all foods fit approach. So it's like, Hey, if this is 
maybe, maybe it's adding a more to your repertoire at some point of like, Hey, are there other meals I make or that I can make when I have more executive function and get kind of like, you've made that probably make your pasta thing, you know, so many times that it doesn't require, it doesn't feel like any effort to do versus maybe some, a new recipe you've never tried before. Or what can I add? I always like to think of what I can add to something to maybe bump up the nutrition. So maybe it's adding some chicken, like if you were to buy, like, I don't know if you guys have these, but like, like a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store and add, you know, some chicken in there. Or like, I usually keep frozen, like pre-cooked chicken in my freezer. And so when I'm cooking pasta or something like that, I'll just or throw it in there. Even like a box of mac and cheese, that's like, like a go-to for me. If I have no executive function, like, I know I can make this. I'll add some broccoli and chicken to it. So it'll actually keep me full um, and and be a little bit more satisfying and give me some extra nutrition there. So I think that and, um, or if you do use like convenience foods, same approach. Like if you were to use a frozen meal, I'll just kind of add more things to it or put something on the side. Like, oh, I'm making something. I can add a little extra bag of steamed frozen veggies or some raw carrots or something just so I add some extra nutrition on the side, but something is better than nothing. So if it's between I could make this pasta dish or I'm not going to eat anything as a meal, probably making the pasta dish is probably the better, (laughs) the better choice. (laughs) I think it's great advice. And it's actually quite funny because you can, you go, well, I certainly have gone through those periods of excitement over getting better at nutrition and I've gone and bought a knife set and a cookbook and it's yeah. turned up and, and I've, I've gone to the supermarket with a list <laughs> and maybe I've made the made the dish once or twice but it the sustainability and the consistency and maintaining that and then nine times out of ten I'm back to my pasta and tomato sauce because life gets yeah. in the way and and it's just easier to revert back so yeah I mean yeah super interesting so just add something that's not too overwhelming but adds nutritional value to the meal like like something yeah just yeah there's things especially like I utilize my freezer a lot because frozen veggies and fruits like they're just as nutritious as our fresh fruits and veggies so if that means a you're not going to waste a ton of produce by just going and dying in your fridge um and it just makes it a little bit easier like keep some of those on hand and it's just like what can I throw into the dish and and add there or if you have other stuff that you know it's hanging around or hey i'm gonna add a little extra cheese in there to get some a little bit more protein and fat in um or you know whatever feels feels good for you you know just yeah taking an addition approach i think is helpful because especially if you know hey i'm satisfied this this pasta dish usually satisfies me and i enjoy eating it like what can i add to that versus maybe trying something new that you might not know if you like can feel a little bit scary so. Speaking of things to add, and I'm, I'm going to be careful because I know that when I researched this episode, I know this is, I don't want to imply that there's like a superfood that will cure or make ADHD traits better because I think the focus should be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think like I've, my focus is always trying to be to put things in place that maybe just help with the consistency. So you eat in a more healthy way however is there any and i have to ask the question but i couldn't i don't think i could do this episode without asking is there <laughs> a food or some foods that do would you recommend for someone with adhd that might help their focus their symptoms their traits 
there's some some things and the research of this is pretty mixed and especially in adults there's very little studies on nutrition in adults with ADHD it's literally just like cross-sectional studies of what we eat which usually I'm like that's we already know those things but um what they've seen with kids um protein's a big one um because it does provide the building blocks um to build our our neurotransmitters like dopamine so protein's a really important one and I find sometimes ADHDers don't often get enough protein because we like carbs as a source of stimulation so we might be more we might be more carb lovers, which is totally fine. Um, but just finding ways to like, Hey, am I making sure there's a protein at my meals? And maybe if you do snack at snacks, is there some sort of protein source there? Um, omega threes are another one that there's, um, a good bit of, I'd say the most widely researched nutrient is omega threes. The research is still a little bit mixed as to like how much of an effect it has. So if you like cold water fish, like tuna, salmon, mackerel, those sorts of things, a really great um, way to get in omega-3s, walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds, also a great way. Some people use fish oil supplements, but if you don't want to do that, you know, consuming fish a couple times a week or just trying to incorporate in some more like quote unquote healthy fats um, can be helpful. Um, I'd say those are probably like the two biggest ones um, that can be helpful. It's, I think just in general, it's that we struggle with eating lots of like kind of following like the general guidelines for healthy eating. Um, we struggle with just meeting those. So I'm always telling people, I'm like, we don't need to try and do, I know it's like shiny object, right. To like go try some new supplement or superfood or thing is new and exciting versus like, yeah, I'm eating, you know, three to five servings of vegetables a day and I get, you know, lean proteins in and I eat carbs that have fiber in them. Like those things aren't, fun and new and exciting because we've all probably heard them a lot, (laughs) you know, but I think trying to do some of the quote unquote simple things, which might not be simple for us as ADHDers, but like the basics of nutrition, trying to focus on those versus trying to overcomplicate or overhaul your nutrition and do some sort of like crazy extreme dieting thing is probably more sustainable, just harder, (laughs) not as fun It's it's great advice. And I think from looking back, the periods of time where I have managed to maintain a relatively healthy diet, I've had a nice big salad, I've um, not just defaulted to the tomato pasta, and I've actually had quite a varied diet. I find that the dopamine that I get from knowing that I'm eating well actually improves my ADHD symptoms a lot. Um, I think if so, I think there's something. Do you think there's something to be said about the kind of the increase in self-esteem you get from taking positive steps into try and eat more consistently and more varied, and that might have an actual better impact on your overall ADHD uh, traits, like rather than just sort of going oh i've heard that there's a particular food that might help me focus better so i'm going to go and just eat loads of that yeah yeah i would say definitely and i I would agree with you like especially if you're removing some of that shame right of like oh i waited until i'm super hungry to eat again and then i ate a whole bag of chips because i was just so hungry and it was the quickest fastest thing like i think feeling like we're taking care of ourselves and probably not just with food right like with 
other areas of self-care when we're, you know, moving our bodies and, you know, doing things to help manage our stress. Like to me, those things do are really like stimulating when it's like, oh, I went and did this positive thing for myself that like future me is going to be really happy that I did. Like that feels good. Um, and it makes it, at least for me, like I want to try to keep doing it when I'm doing those things or work towards it. If I, you know, I'm a consistently inconsistent human. So like I will probably have periods of time where I stop doing the thing. And then I have to be like, Hey, remember, remember when we're doing that, it makes us, it makes us feel good. Or I really like when I have that thing, like I am a huge fan of salads for me too. I'm like, Hey, I really like salads. And then there'll be weeks where I don't have salads for a while. And I'm like, you know, I kind of miss salads. I'm going to start having more salads again. And, <laughs> and like, Hey, it's a super easy way for me to get a ton of veggies in. So I'm going to do it. Um, if you don't like salads, that's fine. You, there's plenty of other ways to get veggies in, but for me, that's like an easy way to do it. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of, I think getting back down. Cause I think I always get questions of like, yeah, what foods can I eat to like improve my symptoms? And it's like, first let's get the foundation down of eating, consistently throughout the day. And then if there's things you can tweak and change, go from there. But if you're not doing that and you're maybe eating, you know, barely eating all day and then only eating in the evening or whatever it looks like, you know, trying to work on that first versus trying to make changes to one, the one time of the day that you're eating is probably a little more sustainable. It makes total sense. And I'm thinking of if I'm, if I know I'm doing, if I'm making a lifestyle choice and it might not be a choice, but if I do something if I make if I make a lifestyle choice that I know is probably not the best, for example, if I know it's, it's completely unrelated, but if I do, if I, you know, uh, if I'm hungover, uh, yeah. I know that's, that's a chemical reason. But my ADHD traits really spiral, and I'm just basically not able to function at all that day. If yeah. I'm doing something that I know is positive, like I'm exercising, I'm eating kind of well, I'm not drinking, I've checking in with my friends, doing bits and bobs. I find it's actually like just the self-esteem and the shame removal that comes with making little positive steps towards a healthy and positive lifestyle. Like have such a bigger impact on my ADHD self-medication than kind of if I buy some supplement on the internet or try and kind of force myself to take a something that is claiming to... So I think what I'm trying to say is like, I think there's so much to be said for if you take the steps to have a healthier diet, it might not be the actual food that's chemically causing you to have better focus. It might actually be your self-esteem and your confidence raising because yeah. you have you didn't order a takeout. You didn't make that pizza. Um, yeah. And that's giving you the dopamine, which is helping you focus more. Do you think there's like something to be said there? Yeah, I could... I could definitely see that, that being part of it because you're, yeah, you're almost giving yourself that, like, because we're usually shutting ourselves all the time. Like, oh, I should be making food at home for myself. I shouldn't be ordering takeout all the time. All of that negative conversation in your head, if, if you are actually starting to do those things is going away. And then you're not, you know, you're not starting off that shame spiral from, oh, I shouldn't be ordering takeout every night and I should be doing my dishes and I should be putting my laundry away. And why can't I do all of these things? And I'm behind on my work stuff. And like, it all just spirals. It's like trying to minimize some of those areas of shame. And, and with food, we have to eat 
you know, ideally eat multiple times a day and it's not like a thing we can kind of hot, like put in that, like, you know, doing meditation or something like that. You could kind of avoid it if you want to, like, it's not a requirement to function as a human being, whereas eating, we do have to eat. So you're always faced with that. If it's something you're struggling with, it's not like it just magically disappears or you can ignore it because at some point you're going to get hungry and need to eat. So have you got any tips for someone who, because sometimes I don't realize I'm thirsty until I get a bit of a headache and a, and a dry throat. Like, and I know, yeah. I don't know if this falls under the umbrella of nutrition, but hydration and water, like, and I, and from what I see, it's, it's certainly a problem with me. And I think judging by what I see on social media, it's, it's a problem for the community. So yes, have you got any tips for someone who just might need a reminder, a gentle reminder that they need to drink more water? Yeah, there's a few things. Smart water bottles. Some of my clients have loved those because they'll have like a little light on them. Um, and they have some of them have apps so you can like track them and stuff. And they find that have found that helpful. They're definitely a little bit expensive, but um, that's a tool. I've had a couple clients use like their like Apple Watch or something like that to remind them to, to drink water. I have had even a client remind them to go to the bathroom because they're like, I <laughs> just like I don't. Remember that I need to go to the bathroom until I have to run to the bathroom, like, which sounds really silly, but that's what happens for us with ADHD. So that can be, you know, using tools like that. I even have clients just put alarms in their phone to remind them to check in with themselves, not to do anything, but just an alarm that's labeled, what do I need? And that could be anything. It could be a glass of water. It could be food. It could be calling a friend because you haven't talked to anyone else in a while. It could be going and playing with your dog, whatever it is, but it just helps practice checking in and pausing, you know, with your body versus let me just go from task to task to task. And then all of a sudden I have a headache and then you're like, Oh yeah, I haven't drank water. So my clients will keep water every like in different rooms or places that they frequent so that it's just always there for them. Having a water bottle that you really like, or is fun and exciting. Or like, if you like straws, finding like the right thing for you, if that makes sense. Um, kind of like, um, figuring out what your preference is for like some sort of water bottle thing that you can carry with you. I try to bring water with me pretty much everywhere. So that way, if I do realize like, Hey, I haven't had water in a while, <laughs> I could just drink some and it makes it a little, a little bit, a little bit easier. And you could probably use some of those tools too. If you're someone who forgets to eat, like I would say those things, both of them kind of can cross over. You might forget to eat or you might forget to drink. You might forget to do both. Um, so kind of, and if for me, if I forget to do both and I'm like, I can't remember if I've had a snack, I can't tell if, or if I can't tell if I'm hungry or I'm thirsty, I'm just going to have a snack and drink some water. So that way I've checked off both boxes and I don't have to think about either of them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fascinating. And I think it's, um, yeah, I try my best to keep water visible all the time yeah. because like i think there's real out of sight out of mind element that comes into play and as i said earlier you know sometimes I've, I've been at my computer for three hours and i can get that dry throat and i'm like oh holy hell i haven't drank water <laughs> yeah so it's like why does my throat hurt all of a sudden like am i getting sick and it's yeah. like no <laughs> your body's like please give me some water uh, i have like the i don't know if you watch spongebob as a kid but the, like there's a Spongebob episode where Spongebob like gets out of the ocean or something and he's super just like, he's a dried up sponge basically and like 
there are times when I forget to drink water that I'll feel like that. I'm like, I feel like SpongeBob out of the water right now. And I'm just like a dried, dried up sponge. And I really need water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great, a great analogy, actually. And I, and I yeah. think I've seen a similar meme. I think quite a lot of SpongeBob memes. So maybe it's just a, yeah. an, an, another, another joke, but same character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just um, finally, do you think there's an element of this kind of all or nothing behavior that seems to be quite prominent amongst the ADHD community when it comes to what people eat and eating, trying to eat everything in one go. Do you think the ADHD desire to do to be that sort of extreme, that black and white, that all or nothing mentality, which I'm just talking about myself, but I think it's it's relevant to the whole community. Do you think that overlaps into people's nutrition and, and eating habits? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and especially if you dieted, like there can be that like all or nothing in terms of like, I am super quote unquote on and doing all of the dieting things. I'm super into it. And then, you know, you go on vacation or something happens and then you swing the other way and you're just eating whatever. And you don't, you know, and it might not make you feel great. You're just like, I don't care. I'm eating and whatever I feel like. And then you might get to a point where like, this doesn't feel good. I'm going to go back to doing that thing. Um, but yeah, it can be that way. Or just like, oh, if I have the pizza, I'm going to eat the whole pizza. Or if I have the thing, I'm eating all of it or I'm eating none of it. And that um, that can definitely happen with people who don't have ADHD, like just because of like dieting and food fears and things where it's like, oh, if I have the thing, I, I'm going to have all of it um, no matter what. Um, and that could kind of be to like a, a response to restricting things just in general, like when we're restricting food, sometimes once we have that thing, we want all of it <laughs> and then we feel bad. And then we're like, okay, I'm not going to have that thing for a while. Mm. Let me, and then eventually the cravings for it build up again. And then we're like, oh, I'm going to have that thing. I'll have a couple bites. And then you, then a couple bites happen. And you're like, never mind. I'm having the whole entire thing. Um, and that cycle kind of can repeat itself. Even if you don't have ADHD, but I find you can get there's a lot more black and white thinking that um, my clients have to work through, I find, maybe compared to someone who's more neurotypical. And I think not just, yeah, like with diet and stuff, but just trying to figure out what works for them and things to deal with food. Do you think this, expanding on that slightly, do you think there's a, a, a bit of the sort of all or nothing mentality that might cause someone to try and eat all of the daily requirements in one sitting. Um, and just thinking about like, in the past, my own experience, I see anything I can really draw on is I've not eaten anything all day. And then I've tried to eat every, one bit of everything in the fruit bowl. I've tried <laughs> to have a salad. I've tried to, and maybe that's during a period of like my hyper fixation on health. And I'm like, okay, I've got to have all these vitamins, all these nutrients. And I yeah. just do it all in one go. It's not sustainable because I, I, I don't keep it up. But do you think that is an aspect of ADHD and nutrition, this kind of like trying to eat every type of food type in one go? It could be. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Like, well, if I'm going to eat, let me do it all and check it off and get it over <laughs> with. Like, and then I don't have to think about it again for a while. I've like checked those nutritional boxes for the day. I could see that. Or like kind of maybe why like intermittent fasting for some ADHDers is appealing of like, I don't have to think about food except for this one window of time. 
kind of thing. And then, and that's it versus every couple hours I have to think about stopping and eating. And if you are preparing the food, doing all of that, I don't have to do all that. I just have to wait until it hits X time. And then I can eat during this period. And for some ADHD years, it turns to, I just eat during that whole period, but I'm, you know, getting my whole day's worth of, of nutrition in, in that period of time. So I could see, could see that being the case. Gosh, well, that's fascinating, Rebecca. And thank yeah. you so much for your time. I think that's a really nice place to end the conversation. Yeah. And and thanks again for making the the time accommodation all the way from yes. North Carolina. Thanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you for having me on, Alex. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Yes.